Hello, Sobertown, and welcome to a Sobertown podcast. My name is Polly. I'd like to introduce a special guest today, but before, first, before I do, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Sobertown. We're a, we're a community of like-minded sober people who are just trying to shine a light on the devastating effects of alcohol and all the misinformation that there is about alcohol out there. It gets a free pass into our lives, but basically what it is, it's, it causes devastation. It wreaks havoc in families, in young people, more so today. I see it all over the place. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring everything out into the open, no longer hide it. It's nothing to be hidden. We also, we also have a Facebook group. So if you'd like to go to Facebook and join our Sober Town Facebook group, it's private. What you say in Sober Town Facebook stays in Sober Town Facebook. Nobody else reads it, just the people in Sober Town. So SoberTownPodcast.com, you'll find everything you need. It's what we call our one-stop shop. And it's been built by people like myself and like my guests today, people who are just taking it one day at a time and enjoying the sober life after devastation because my life was devastating. But let me introduce my special guest. I am so happy to do this because I listened to her on a podcast, another podcast. But Claire from Rehab Barbie. Hello, darling. I'm not going to pronounce your surname because I'll probably say it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm so, so excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you because like us, you are, you're putting it out there right out front. Yeah, absolutely. And I love, you know, that opening spiel and, and everything that it speaks to. I think that it we're at a point right now where people are starting to get more comfortable with being open about their experience and sharing their uh, experience with mental illness or addiction and not being ashamed, not being anonymous, but getting that story out there. And I think that's so, so important. I think it is also. And we've all got addictions. Some of us, alcohol, some of us, drugs, but we've all got other addictions as well. How many of us nowadays are addicted to our phones? Technology. Mm. In some ways, COVID was, it drove us more into the technological side of things. But in another way, for us in the sober communities, we are a whole new group of virtual sober warriors because we've become sober in a virtual world. We didn't have the real world when a lot of us got sober. How, how, how long have you been sober now? Is it uh, it's been a little over three years. Oh, so that's sweeter. Thank you. So that's emotions. Yes. So I was only a few months sober when COVID hit. Yeah. So that was unexpected <laughs> and challenging. But uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, there is so many online resources. There's such a great online community. And with meetings going online, luckily, that was, you know, really, uh, really helpful in that way. And I think people, people joined more of these online communities because there was a certain amount of anonymity there. They could leave their camera off if they so wished, but they could listen in to all the all the chats, get all the information. Because to me, sobriety is all about educating yourself. And it doesn't matter what you're getting sober from. 
it's, when I say sobriety, I mean everything. There's all sorts of addictions. So it, it's all about educating yourself. And that is where you become sober because you're educating your mind, which is your mind needs to change anyway, doesn't it? When, you, when you've got an addiction. But you have taken yours into a different, down a different road. You found a wonderful outlet for yours. And one of the words, <laughs> one of the titles that came to me when I listened to you do a podcast with Recovery Rocks was you have a passion for fashion. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> so that struck me. I mean, as you can see, I'm not really into the fashion stuff. I'm too old. Well, I'm not too old, but it does look a little uh, silly on me. But you've got a passion for it and you've turned your sobriety into something that is meaningful for you. So if you'd like to tell us about uh, recovery, rehab, Barbie, sorry, rehab. Yeah, absolutely. Well, definitely has been a really good outlet for me and a way for me to express my sobriety in my journey. I mean, fashion to me, I think it's really like an art form. It's wearable art and you, it's a way of wearing your personality on your sleeve. And uh, since, you know, sobriety and, and when I got sober, I, I mean, I was young. I just, I didn't feel comfortable being quiet about it. I felt it was such a lifestyle change for me and I still wanted to go out and meet new people. And I, I just had to be loud and proud and comfortable. The fact that, yes, I, you know, I, I'm 28. I was 24 when I stopped drinking. Yes, I'm like in my 20s. And no, I don't drink. <laughs> and that is uh, wonderful. Yeah. And so that, you know, and the way I express myself is one of the ways is through how I dress. And so we have Barbie has really been a way to translate that our designs are inspired by this, uh, you know, F the stigma, like bold and, and, uh, and disruptive type of aesthetic and just uh really putting that all out there and putting that onto the designs you'll see sweaters that say rehab across it because i think hats yes it has a hat oh my god i will have a hat for sure because i think it's something to be proud of if you go and get treatment that's like that's amazing that's it's it's having the courage a lot of the time because I mean to to actually admit that you do have this problem takes a hell of a lot of courage. It doesn't matter what your age is. Yeah, you know, look at me. I mean, I I will openly admit in a few months I'll be seventy. My drinking life didn't start until late in life, actually. So you know, I regressed. I suppose <laughs> I had my youth in my forties, but anyway, besides that, I think. A lot of people all of a sudden are now becoming proud of themselves and what they've achieved in their sobriety. And they take, why shouldn't we be proud? This is, excuse my French, and I don't know if you said, this is fucking hard work. Yeah. Yeah. It was a trip we can curse. I mean, our, <laughs> our motto is follow the stigma. Like, I'm all about that. We shouldn't be proud of that. It, it's, I mean, for me, it's the hardest thing I ever did in my life, but it made my life so much better so much more exciting open so many doors and so i just want to embrace the notion of like sharing that story and like 
embracing the fact that I am an addict, I am an alcoholic, because now that I'm sober, that like addictive tendency and, and that like need for excitement and to to uh, commit fully to stuff and, and never kind of moderate comes out in other ways. It comes out in my design and my commitment to my business and my commitment to getting like the perfect design for a new bracelet. I literally cannot stop. And it's just my personality. And and so I've decided to, you know, embrace that. I think it, within the sober community, it doesn't matter what, like I say, when I say folks sober, I mean everything. In the sober community, a lot of people find that outlets like jewelry making, drawing, painting, coloring books, journaling, it's it's all the art kind of things. Yeah. that help us because they take us out of ourselves. I don't know about you, but I mean, I do do jewelry. I make jewelry. Most, a lot of my, yeah, I make jewelry. And when you're making a piece, you're actually just making a piece of jewelry. You're not, you're actually giving your mind a rest from all the outside influences. So when you're designing something and you're sat there, do you design on a computer or do you design with pen and paper? So... For the uh, for the apparel designs, I design on a computer, but because I'm not a great drawer. But the uh, jewelry designs, I do do them by hand, and they'll often go through like 15 iterations before I land on one. And so uh, I do all the beating myself, and I found it very uh, therapeutic, like meditative. I was telling my therapist that I'm like such a zen moment, and you're just focused like one bead on a string. Great. <laughs> Yeah, I started doing, well, I didn't just start it. I, I started quite a while ago and I do uh, macrame bracelets. Oh, and you can put nice little beads on them and things like that. I've got one on the go in the closet now. I've got a closet full of stuff here. Oh, Make wow. it to where I have made earrings and things like that. So it was an outlet. I mean, and that was an outlet for me when I gave up smoking. Yeah. I gave up drinking. And it's been an outlet for me because it gives, like I say, it gives your mind arrest because I don't know about you what was it like for you when you first came into the sober community did you find it overwhelming did you find good resources for you how did you find it at first well yes to both I it was really overwhelming I mean the first time I went to an AA meeting I was probably like 16 Mm -hmm. the first time I actually you know when I actually got sober and stuck with it, I was 24. I uh, I was very overwhelmed. I didn't, I thought that I did not think I was going to stay sober. I thought there was no way. I'm still like shocked. (laughs) 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 To be honest, I don't know how, but uh, I was, yeah, I was so overwhelmed. You know, I, AA, I I love AA. I think it's been such an amazing resource. But when I first got there, I, I was, you know, looking for every reason not to get into it. And, and, you know, this is a cult and all of that. Um, yeah. I mean, I did, I did get sober once before and I used AA, but, and I always say I didn't get sober. I just stopped drinking. Yeah. I didn't get sober. I, AA just kept me accountable and I'd go to an AA meeting and come home and I wouldn't drink. But this time I haven't used AA this time. But what I did was, as I said back at the beginning, it was educate. And this is where Sobertown community came from, was a drifter 
who who first had the nugget of the idea for the sober town he he was constantly learning stuff and passing it on and he and I would talk for an hour or so every morning I would go walking he would be driving and we would chat away and he he wanted an outlet to be able to share these kind of things because he didn't go to AA and he wanted to look for other resources besides AA because years, for years the only thing you had was AA and while it's great for a lot of people I think with the advent of the internet and with all these uh, resources we've got online now people are looking at other things besides just AAs people will use AA but they'll also use other resources besides and are you I'm, finding that yeah absolutely well so I I agree. I mean, I think AA is really valuable because it's you find a community and you find other people. I think the most important thing is to have that sober tribe, to have social support. So whether that is an AA or it's, you know, through this online community or your own. I mean, my family is a huge social support. Mm-hmm. You, I do believe that this is you know, you can't really do it alone. Like you need those other people. So wherever you find a community that can support you is amazing. And for me, the neuroscience of addiction and, and the the disease model and, and the way our brain functions and like all the prefrontal cortex and all these studies of that was really key for me. And that's not a part of AA at all. I mean, They'll even say in AA, you don't have a drinking problem, you have a thinking problem. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, well, if I have a thinking problem, then, you know, I can change the way I think I should be able to drink. Right. I had to go into the neuroscience and learn how my brain responded to alcohol differently. And that drove my conception of addiction, of alcoholism and of, you know, my own, like I if I can't meditate away the way my neurons are firing, then I need to stop drinking. That's how I got to that point. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you did the same thing. You educated yourself and you realized that getting sober is all in the mind. It, mm-hmm. it, that's the first place you get sober. Well, the first place you get sober is just not going down the shop and buying a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the first thing you do. And in some ways, COVID was good for some people because it stopped them going to the shop. But Right. But others others did go drinking. I never understood why alcohol was one of the things that was allowed during COVID, knowing the effects it would have. I'm shocked. The more I learned about alcohol, like I am shocked. I am just shocked that it's so legal, so widely accepted. The things that big alcohol does uh, their marketing and their uh, lobbying is is so predatory, yes. it's so horrible. Half the people who work in big alcohol are from big tobacco. Um, I'm not. I've never been a marijuana person, but just like based on the facts, I cannot believe that it's they they're having trouble legalizing marijuana. But you can just go pop in and buy alcohol anywhere. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and and also now the alcohol industry is jumping on the. NA bandwagon. 
uh, because they're the non-alcoholic. They're all starting to jump on it because you see some of the big alcohol companies are now coming out with all these nice, wonderful non-alcoholic drinks to try and pull people back in that they're losing. Yeah. Well, that's true. There's this this big push for non-alcoholic now and whether it's people who it's not just people who you know have had a problem with it but there's like sober curious and people are just realizing like it's not good for you it's not good for your skin and it's not good for your sleep and I'll take a break like it's sober October right now so yeah Yeah. it's definitely a trend which I love and I mean I'm there's like sober bars popping up in New York and all the Bars and restaurants have really good mocktails now, which is exciting. yeah. And here in Texas, down in Austin, they've got uh, a few alcohol and they've got a few non-alcoholic bars because one of the things they put out, the guy who actually is the bartender was a an alcoholic, and he loves working there. And he said, "Why shouldn't people, at the end of the day, instead of going into a bar with alcohol that is a trigger for them, find a bar that they can sit and chat and wind down?" with a non-alcoholic drink, a non-alcoholic cocktail, or even a cup of coffee, if they so wish, and chill out. You know, we still need to socialize, even though we don't. Yeah, I love going, you know, I I love to see my friends. I love being out. I love socializing. So I still enjoy going to bars with my friends, but it it is a downer when, you know, (laughs) I'll go to the bartender and be like, what do you have with that alcohol? And they're like, uh, water. Coke. <laughs> yeah. Pop. Or is it pop? It's pop up north, isn't it? <laughs> we call it Coke for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, you know, and I went to, and the one guy said, he said, oh, he said, I can make you something. He said, mixed with ginger ale. And I thought, oh, you know, I've got to have ginger ale. And so, but yeah. I mean, I've been to a few places that have had some nice mocktails and it's been quite pleasant. You have got a really nice website for your rehab, Barbie. And like us, you've put other resources on there. I've, you know, I've got two screens up here, folks, and I've got yours up on the screen here. And uh, you've got your community page. And that shares a lot of your resources. Are you in charge of this? Yes, this online page, yeah. this mm-hmm. online group. Yeah, because, I mean, you've got a lot of stuff there, the Sober Diaries. You Like us, you find things that you think are going to be useful for people. Yeah. You put it on yours, yeah? Yeah, exactly. We have, you know, other sober, we have our sober tribe, we call them other other people in the sober and mental health space. And then uh, we're talking about sober uh, bars and that type of thing. I don't know if it's live yet, but it should be, if not yet, today or tomorrow. We have the Sober Nation section, which has a lot of different sober guides for different party cities. We have a sober travel guide for Las Vegas. We have some cool sober bars in New York City, uh, New Orleans, just some lists of places to go uh, so that people can can have that guide. And you can still go to Vegas and have an amazing time sober. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I think I read the one time you could, there's a there's actually a group that does sober vacations. Oh, my God. Yeah. You, you can go on a sober cruise, believe it or not. Where's the biggest booze fest ever if not on a cruise? Yeah. <laughs> it's a floating bar. 
so yeah, you can even, like I say, you can go on a sober vacation. So I mean, sobriety, as they say, is sexy. Why shouldn't we be proud and be sexy? I mean, yeah. I know I'm old, but I still like to feel nice. Um, oh, yeah. Well, my like blue bracelet over is hot. So I'm going to tell you what I'm Thank you. <laughs> My kids will probably look and go, oh, for God's sake, mother. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they they laugh at me and they say, what are you doing now? I said, look, I had children so as I could embarrass you. So that's what my job is. So yeah, that's what I do. But I love doing this. I love doing these podcasts and chatting with different people. And like I say, I've looked at your page and a couple of times actually, and I like your community side. I like all the colors. Yeah. It's so bright, you know, and it, yeah, you've got your, your green color on there. And I, I think it's just great that it's shining a light and taking away. I mean, I can understand some people need to be anonymous. There are people in position totally. that they do need some uh, anonymity. But for those of us that, don't have I mean I'm retired I don't what do I you know I I, I don't mind yeah. I'll yeah. tell people I'm sober and I funny enough I was in the UK in the summer and we stayed in a little well little house it was a big house because there were seven of us I was over there with my children and actually the guy who owned the house I got friendly with him and uh I was with my children. My children were drinking. They're grown men, actually. I say children. Right. They're in their 40s and 50s now. So, and they were drinking. And I said to the guy, I said, oh, there's a lot of uh, alcohol bottles. He said, that's fine. He said, doesn't bother me anymore. I said, doesn't bother me anymore. And we chatted. And it was surprising because he said, yeah, he said, I'm seven months sober. Wow. So I said, congratulations. And just pure chance and you make these conversations and it makes a connection and as we say in the sober community connection beats the addiction yeah no it's amazing and you can find you know that community anywhere you go I went to a meeting in Brazil and everyone was speaking Portuguese and that <laughs> and they were doing like it was like I didn't know what type of meeting it was because I don't really understand Portuguese very well and everybody was but people, I thought it was an anniversary meeting because people kept getting up and sharing for like a few minutes. Then I realized it was everyone. And then suddenly everyone was staring at me and and they were like, it's your turn. And I was like, I don't, I don't speak Portuguese. And they're like, well, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I dressed the room for like three minutes. It's just a wonderful feeling to be around people that, and I think the best part about sober communities is, we talk to people who understand us. We get, we can talk to people who get us. Yeah. We don't have to wear the mask like we do. We used to. Yeah, absolutely. And and people who are really invested and want to, you know, are willing to go that extra mile to support you and be there for you. It's really amazing to see yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Have you got a lot of connections outside of your website? Do you do 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 you have an online community that you you are part of or that you support? Yeah. Well, the biggest community I'm a part of is is I go to AA meetings in New York, in mm -hmm. Brooklyn. Uh, New York has an amazing AA community. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, I've met amazing people there. People who I've 
you know, talk to every day. And that's definitely like my sober tribe. And then also, yeah, online through Rehab Barbie, I've found a lot more people who are really amplifying that message and, and just supporting me. So it's been incredible. So how long have you had the website up and going? Website's been up. So we just launched in May. Uh, so it's been up since, well, I think I bought the domain like a year ago, but it's been running since then. So do you get a lot of uh, traffic through your website? Do, do you do, uh, is your, your passion for fashion paying off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we <laughs> do. And it's, it's cool to see we get, uh, you know, it's mainly in the States, but there is some from abroad too, which is really exciting. And it's geared towards some of the younger <clears throat> community, younger members of the community, not for the old folks like me. I mean, I love reading it. I love reading it because to me, it keeps me connected to the younger community in a way to see what's going on. But I think it's great that you've created a place for people in their late teens, 20s, 30s, who can come and they don't feel out of place. It's a place for them to go. Do you, have you got anything other than the website? Do you have any other online? Uh... Yeah, well, we're on uh, Instagram and TikTok <laughs> at Greenhouse Barbie Studio. I can't upload TikTok. If I upload TikTok, oh. I'll never get away. TikTok, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I first downloaded it, I was like two hours just scrolling. Addicted. Very addicted. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Maybe yeah. we'll all be beating the TikTok addiction in a couple of years' time. <laughs> I dare not. I dare not upload TikTok. I know what I would be like, you know. And I think getting sober, I, I'm happy so. My, my community know that I have been through some tough stuff this year. And I have been proud that I've stayed sober. It's coming up on four months since my husband passed away. And one of the last things he asked me was, he said, don't drink. So wow. I'm not drinking. And I haven't, I haven't felt like I wanted to. You have the passing thought, which is right. really normal. Yes. And to me, it's like, I always liken it to, if you think of your phone, when you're swiping through. Mm-hmm. If yeah. I see that drink, I just go, ship and look at the next screen. Yeah. You know, like it's gone and I found I'm while I've got to go through the shit same way I did when I first got sober it's the same kind of thing you have to deal with life on a daily basis you deal with the same kind of emotions because when we first get sober we're dealing with emotions that we haven't dealt with that we've suppressed for so long that all of a sudden we don't know how to deal with them And I had a conversation with one of my sober sisters yesterday that everything we're dealing with from the first time we get sober, from the first part, if if you take the first, I would say, 90 days, like they say in AA, once you've gone through those 90 days, I think you've gone through a lot of the early stuff and you've got some traction behind you so that the next time all that comes around, you're a little bit more aware of it. You've got a few more tools. You've got a few more connections that you can get through it with. And then it, when it cycles around again, which I think everything does cycle round. Yeah. Time, it, the longer you stay sober, 
the more you recognize them and the the easier it is to deal with them. Have you felt that in your journey? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, I totally agree on so many levels and definitely with the in early sobriety, you're feeling your feelings stronger and different. <laughs> I was dating this guy like my first year sober. I, we were dating for like three weeks. I think I told him I loved him. I really thought I was deeply in love. Yeah. But I had just never like had a crush sober. But you know, like I say, we're feeling feelings that we haven't felt for a long time. I mean, I yeah. I was lucky in that I was well on the way to middle age by the time I really got into my drinking. So I'd done a lot of the younger stuff. So I'd done the falling in love and getting married and having kids and all that other stuff. But I I still think that I went through a lot of years where I suppressed my emotions. Most people know my story in that this is not my first widowhood. I was widowed once before, and that's where my drinking started because I went down in a deep hole. And I think a lot of it was I didn't know how to deal with the emotions because... A lot of my life was just getting on on a daily basis like a normal person. Yeah. When you deal with strong emotion, you, you're flummoxed the first time it starts happening to you. You think, okay, what do I do now? Well, if I just pretend it's not happening, I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sobriety really forced me to, to deal with, with uh, anxiety and boredom and sadness uh in a way I hadn't before I mean before I would just numb out with with alcohol uh but you know you have to experience those lows but then you also get to experience the high moments and to their fullest degree because you're fully present and it's really and the higher moments uh they last longer the longer you stay sober yeah uh, how happy would you say you are now oh my god I <laughs> I was like crying of happiness the other day. I, I'm just in a really good place right now. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I'm in a very good place. I just this has transformed my life, and I'm really proud of of where things have gone. And justifiably uh, so, girl. Justifiably so. This is yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's just really exciting. It's like, it's so much work, but it's something that I'm so passionate about and believe in so much that like, I don't mind the work. Like even the bad moments when I'm like so stressed and so exhausted, like they're kind of good because, you know, it's like you still feel like, yeah, I'm doing something. So dealing with life, actually, which we've, you know, a lot of people like us have pushed into the back burner for a long time. So, I mean, when like someone I think someone likened it to a baby giraffe or wobbly legs all over the place no (laughs) so we're like maybe no I think I'm a bit old for a baby giraffe (laughs) I don't know what I am but no I think justifiably proud because you've built something really really wonderful there and you've taken uh you've taken it to another level and built a community for people and that is amazing because, as we know in AA, we give back. Yeah. And that's not just in NA, in AA. That is in every sober community. You're encouraged to give back. Yeah. And but you're it's not to give back because it it helps your own recovery. You know, it's not 
Like, I love that aspect of it too. Yeah. And you're not forced to give back. We give back because it's what we truly want to do. We want other people to feel the way we are feeling. Yeah. Have you ever followed Stephanie Covington? No. Should I? She's (laughs) a lot of people don't know her. Dr. Stephanie Covington wrote, wrote A Woman's Way Through the 12 Steps. Oh, okay. I have heard that title before. Yeah, she wrote that one. And she said she got into, she, she truly believes in women and recovery. She's, she does gender-based recovery. And a lot of it is she believes women, a lot of women get into addictions from trauma and things like that. That's how they fall into the addictive side of things. But one thing she said was, I mean, she herself went to AA. She, she was an alcoholic, she said, and she went to AA and she was a social worker. She still is a social worker, not was. She is, bless her heart. She's a wonderful lady. And she said after a month of being in AA, she was looking for other ways to give back because, and this is how she got into women and recovery, was because she said she wanted other women to feel how good she was feeling. And that's what we, that's why we do it because we, we want other people to feel this good. So I meant, I've loved chatting with you. Yeah. Go to, go to rehabbarbie.com and have a look at Claire's uh, website. It's been built beautifully. As I say, the colors are absolutely stunning. They (laughs) grab you. The moment you look at it, you think, whoa, look at that. And I know that Mrs. Dr- <laughs> Mrs. Drifter said, there's a bracelet on there I'm not sure about. Do you remember what Drifter said to you? Because uh, his wife said. Oh, the Prozac one. The Prozac yeah. one. Explain <laughs> the Prozac one for yeah. everybody. Well, so, uh, you know, Rehab Barbie, it's it's not just about addiction, but also about mental health and mm-hmm. the same idea of celebrating recovery and being proud of it uh prozac is the number one uh treatment for medication for depression and just the idea behind the bracelet is just saying you know it says i love prozac we're just saying like i love treatment for depression like i love sertraline Yeah, exactly. Well, we're going to, we have a new one coming out. It's Live, Laugh, Laugh. <laughs> Live, Laugh, Lexapro. But, you know, we're just going <laughs> to glamorize therapy and glamorize recovery. And because and, mental wellness is sexy. Like, there is nothing fonder than someone who takes their meds and goes to therapy and is sound of mind. Like, that's a turn on. Someone who works hard at living their life. Yeah. Because I've said before, we get one life. It isn't a rehearsal for something else that's going to come later. Right. <laughs> this is it. You know. Yeah. Um, you know what we what where we are now is this. What's gone behind is gone. We can't get it back. And God bless you. This is wonderful. Yeah. We need rehab. Yeah. We need communities. Yeah. And we need lovely people like you. Oh. To help us celebrate and put it out there because, yeah, there shouldn't be a stigma to it because I think people in recovery are people who are looking after themselves. 
they're, you know, they, they realize that they've got a problem and they take it to heart and then they think, okay, I'm going to fix myself. And there's nothing harder than trying to fix yourself. It's a tough, tough road. And yeah. um, congratulations on three years of sobriety. Great. Yeah. It's not an easy feat, but it's a wonderful <laughs> feat and it's a great life. And you are building something absolutely wonderful there. You're happy. you so, so much. Are you in love? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the real thing this time. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, I wish you a wonderful life. Folks, go and see Rehab Barbie online. You get it on your phone even. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's been wonderful to chat with you. I've loved it. I've absolutely yeah, loved you, it. Thank you so much. And like I say, go to rehabbarbie.com and have a look and see some of the jewellery. And if you take Prozac, buy yourself a three-piece bracelet. Because it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's a cute little bracelet actually i love it so yes it's been great thanks claire for coming on and talking to us thank you so, so much for having me thank you so much thank you darling okay bye folks we'll see you and talk to you again